<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Tawalets. Please check out the description of this episode to check out the affiliate links to this podcast. We have Lazada, we have Shopee, we have Amazon. And also, very interestingly enough, there have been people asking random questions about where I bought certain things, including equipment for podcasting. So if you want to know what I use, please go to my link tree, linktree.com slash King And even my equipment for podcasting is over there if you want to see where I got my mic stand, where I got my mic, you know, things like that. Just check it out and click there. So today's episode is going to be a little simple as the International Asian Festival is being mounted tonight. As this episode is being released, I'd like to talk a little bit about my experience with local and international improv. I feel like it, it's apt since we are having an international improv festival. So the festival that's happening tonight is called Improv is Asian Festival. And if you listen to the last two episodes, you hear uh, the people behind the festival. So that's A.E. Mendoza and Carl Echaluse. Talk about why they mounted the festival in the first place. So a lot of it was just because Asian stories are not being as celebrated internationally as they should be. And this festival is giving a voice to Asians in the improv community. As you guys know, in the past year, Asians have been receiving a lot of hate because of the coronavirus abroad. So there's the Stop Asian Hate Movement, which makes sense. Why are they blaming all Asians for the coronavirus? Anyway, doesn't matter. So because of that, uh, we have been receiving a lot of hate from people who are not Asian. So even whites, even blacks, even everyone, everyone's been, been hating on Asians and it's really unfair. So this is going to be a good chance for people to see what the Asian improv community can do. So I kind of want to talk about my experience as a Filipino improviser when I went to New York to study. Honestly, I didn't really feel any racism uh, when it came to classes, I just took my classes like a good student, listened and everything. But I did notice that there's a little bit of a difference in the playing of Asian, basically people who were conquered. Okay, so it's so funny. I found that the improv playing of the Filipinos and the Latin Americans are very similar. And what else do we have in common? Uh, I talked to a Venezuelan friend of mine, I don't know, fake angry that we couldn't speak Spanish because he said, look, you were a Spanish colony for a hundred plus years and you don't speak Spanish, but your language has words like mesa, has words like pero. You basically have Spanish words but you don't speak Spanish. Why is that? So I kind of had to explain, you know, the Americans came here and forced us to speak in English, which is why my podcast is in English in the first place. But I noticed that the playing of improv with our group and the Latin American groups, so Venezuela and Colombia, Costa Rica, ours is more emotional, 
what do I what do I mean by that? It seems that we draw a lot of emotion from situations that are similar to teleseries. Uh, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of emoting in our improv. And also, our improv is more rooted towards community, meaning our scenes are mostly about friendship, family, you know, things things that really tie us together as a nation. That's kind of what our improv is all about. As opposed to the Western, well, when I say Western, I mean American. American improv is very individualistic. And I think I've spoken about this in the past episodes, but it's probably because they have that whole culture of being individualistic in the first place. I mean, at 18 years old, you're kicked out of the house by your parents. Here, you can be 39 and still living with your parents and it's normal and it's okay. But there, it's all about being independent, which isn't a bad thing. But it appears also, it comes out when they do their improv because a lot of the scenes that they do are... There's even there's even a method, I forgot which improv school it was, where they said, focus on yourself. So backstory, in the improv that we do here in the Philippines, thirdworldimprov.com, if you'd like to try it out, what we do here is we always tell people to focus on the other, focus on the scene partner and make your scene partner look good because you are trusting that that scene partner is going to do the same for you. He's going to make you look good. So parang inaangat nyo lang yung isa't isa. You're hyping each other up in the scene and it makes it really fun to watch because you know that they just trust each other. But there's a method of improv in American improv. I forgot what school it was, where they say, just focus on yourself and build your character and just trust that people will adjust to your character. Technically, it's not, a, it's not bad. It's just different. And this is why if you watch improv movies like, what was that movie with Keenan, uh, Keenan, Keegan-Michael Key? Anyway, don't, don't. Wait, let me just Google that. But anyway, there was an improv movie that came out by Mike Berbiglia. Wait, Ber... I'm actually searching this as I'm speaking. What's it called? Don't Think Twice. There you go. That came out in 2017. And I was amazed because at the time I was in the US and I was watching it. And I could understand the problems that they were going through because I was doing improv in the US. So some of the problems they had were like, some people are doing improv really just to get away from the real world. They don't want to get better at it. It's not really a craft. It's an outlet for them. So that's one type of improviser. And then there's the other type of improviser where you want to be so good at improv so that you can be a star on SNL or be discovered, something like that. So there was a character like that as well. And then there was one character who was asked to audition for SNL, but she didn't really want that. She really just wanted to do improv, get better at it just for her own group. So these are struggles that the international, sorry, the American improvisers go through. But here, I don't think that's the case, especially because third world improv, I mean, we're getting bigger, but we never really promised anything to our students about, okay, if you do improv, you're going to get discovered. You're going to be a big star. We have connections to all these big 
networks. That's n- we have nothing like that. Ours is more on personal development. Like if you do improv, you'll be better at speaking in front of people. If you do improv, your confidence is going to go up because you're being silly in front of people. So here we basically teach you to be yourself and to learn how to be yourself more, discover more about yourself by doing improv with other people, as opposed to Yun, the characters in that movie. And when my friends from Singapore or the Philippines watched Don't Think Twice, they were like, well, first of all, their scenes are ugly. There's no emotion in it. It's all weird. Patawa. Second of all, wala namang ganyan dito about people wanting to be a star. So it's really different. The culture of American improv and Asian improv, which is kind of why I'm very excited to see what our Asian improvisers here are going to be doing for this week's festival. And guys, I really think you should go because it's free shows. <laughs> really, it's free shows. All you have to do is go to the Facebook, facebook.com slash improv is Asian festival. And once you're part of the group, once the shows begin, you're going to get an alert that there was a video, or sorry, a video that went live on the page and you can just watch it. So I really think that Asian stories are so different. So for example, I don't think Americans are going to understand if there are stories here of parents guilt tripping you to do something. You know what I mean? Like guilt trip or, you know, you should do it for the family. It's just so interesting. There are other acts like the Japanese group is going to be doing adult improv. What is that? What is adult improv? Even I am really, really intrigued. And then there is Buanangwika. Off the top of my head, some of the groups that will be performing in all Tagalog, even if it's an international festival, we encourage all the groups to be performing in their own language. We have groups from Turkey, groups from Israel. It's just really exciting because everyone is so willing to share their stories like this. And again, going back to my experience doing improv In the States, I even kind of had to adapt in my improv playing to be able to contribute to the playing over there. For example, for example, I'll just give an example. Here, when I play with my group Spit, it does get weird and it does get silly, but it's still very rooted in real problems. For example, we had a show where, for some reason, Bacon became addicting. And the way that we portrayed that is people got so addicted to bacon. There were even junkies craving for bacon, asking for money just for bacon, people passing bacon in clubs. And it's ridiculous, but you know, it's reflective of drugs. Really? I mean, people do that for drugs. So it's ridiculous, but you see that, okay, this is grounded on some sort of reality. Versus... (laughs) There was a scene I did, and I love these girls, I do. It's just that I had to really adjust to American playing. I had to do a scene where I was in the office, and there was a guy, I forgot what his name was supposed to be, but he was one of the bosses, and he was yelling at me every single day. And one day, he was late, so I said, you know, this is unfair. He yells at me when he's late all the time, and now he's late. This is so unfair. And one of the other girls removed her face 
the way in Scooby-Doo, diba, nagtatanggal sila ng mask. This is happening in the scene. She removed her face to reveal that she was the boss. Now, this is really extreme and ridiculous. And I don't know, I, I played it. I played it as well as I could. But it's so different from the scenes that I'm usually accustomed to. In fact, here, when I perform with Spit, we even tell people that the laughing is a side effect. We're not going for that. We're just we're just doing improv and following the scene. So sometimes our scenes aren't funny at all, but then they're moving. Like we've had audiences that cry and we've had audiences that tell us after the show that they can relate so much with everything that happened in the scene. I don't think anyone can say that in America with the scene that I told you about where the boss removes their face and there's someone else. So it's really, really very different. And I'm really, really excited for people to see what kind of stories will come up in this festival. And honestly, I mean, look at the countries that are joining, right? Israel, they have their own stuff going on. Japan has their own stuff going on. The Philippines has so much stuff going on. And honestly, sometimes these issues kind of seep into the scenes. So I really, really encourage everyone who listens to this podcast. I mean, I don't know if you're going to laugh. I hope I hope you laugh. After all, this is called Tawalets. But yeah, there are just so many things that can be tackled. And also, not only do we have improv shows happening this weekend. We also have panel discussions. So if you want to hear different panelists talk about, I don't know, improv in their country or what makes an Asian story compared to a Western story, or what would it be like if you removed all Western influences from your improv? You know what I mean? And I think people have been able to do that with a lot of American influences, for example, J-pop. J-pop is basically Western pop made Japanese, but they made it their own. Same thing with K-pop. Same thing with Filipino pop. We took something that Westerners taught us and then turned it into something completely different and made it completely our own. I think that's something worth celebrating and worth watching. So that's it, actually. That's that's what I'm going to be doing in this episode. I'm just promoting the festival this weekend. I hope you guys can watch it. Again, the shows are absolutely free. And if you want to take workshops, we have a lot of workshops as well on improvisasianfestival.com. You're going to see the workshops headed by teachers from different places, not just the Philippines. We do have Philippine workshops, but we also have workshops from all over the world, all taught by Asians so that we can embrace our Asian culture and not be ashamed of it. You know, story time. I just, I just remembered this actually. I know I'm rambling, but there was a girl who texted me who messaged me on Instagram, complete stranger. I don't know her. She's from the States and she's young. I, she's going to university palang. And she decided to message me on Instagram out of the blue. And she said, hi, you're Filipino, right? And I said, yes, why? And then she said, I just, I'm Filipino. I'm half Filipino, half Vietnamese, but I grew up in the US and I don't know anything about the Philippines. I know nothing of my Filipino heritage, but I'm very in touch with my Vietnamese heritage because my dad is teaching me how to speak the language and we eat Vietnamese food. But my mom is so ashamed of being Filipino 
and so are my peers. So basically, she had Phil M friends remove the Phil, basically, and just say they were American and tell her the same thing. Why are you telling people you're Filipino American? Just say you're American. You grew up here anyway. What's the point? Don't say you're Filipino. So there's still a cluster of people in the States who are Filipino that shun their Filipinoness because they hate it. I thought in 2021, wala na yun, but apparently not. So this girl messaged me and started asking about Filipino culture. How rooted are you in your culture? How much do you know? Because you seem very westernized. And I said, girl, I'm not, I mean, yes, I speak in English and all of that, but that's because of my upbringing and my school. But I love Filipino culture. I love Filipino culture so much. I listen to Philippine pop groups. I do improv. You know, I'm in touch with uh, stand-up comics here in the Philippines. I speak fluently. So I told her, basically, you texted the right girl. And then she was like, if I have any questions, can I just ask you? Because my mom left in the 80s and she told me. So basically, her mom told her true things. For example, you know, catcalling is real here. And if you wear skirts, people will think you're a whore. This was true in the 80s, 90s, and even 2000s. I remember wearing a skirt and people telling me I was a whore. So <laughs> whatever. But I did tell her that it is basically like, how the U.S. is now anyway. We've progressed so much. Yes, we are still kind of backwards, but then the U.S. took some steps backwards as well in the past couple of years, right? So I, would, I, I was telling her, you know, if you one day want to visit the Philippines, just let me know. I will bring you around. I will introduce you to people. She knows nothing of her Filipino culture because her mother just took it out from her life. And so I, I invited her to this festival. She hasn't replied, but I'm just saying, you know, there are really rich Filipino stories and there's so much culture and I feel like she's missing out. So I don't know why I told you guys that story. I, d I did have a point. The point is we have great stories, I guess. I just feel bad for her because, you know, she seems like a nice girl and she messaged me out of the blue, not knowing I was 35. She's young. She was in college and she was just going to college at the time that she messaged me earlier this year. So yeah, and she hasn't replied to me. Maybe she got a little, maybe I, I, I overdid it a little. But Isa, if you're listening to this, Filipino stories are amazing, as are your Vietnamese stories. So don't get rid of your heritage. We have so much to give the world. Yeah, guys, I hope you guys can watch the Improvis Asian Festival. I just rambled on for, how long is this? This has been almost 20 minutes of me just rambling about my own stories and the festival. I hope you guys enjoy this episode nonetheless. And once again, please check out the description of this episode, both for details of the Improvis Asian Festival. I'm going to put the websites and the Facebook group there. Shows are absolutely free. And... Again, if you want to check out the equipment that I bought, please go to linktree.com slash King. I have random stuff there. Like if you like snacks, I have snacks that you can buy there and skincare and makeup and all of that. It's just something new because people have asked for it. So yeah, thanks guys for listening to Tawalets. And I hope you attend the festival this weekend, Improv is Asian Festival. And yeah, enjoy your weekend and you will hear from me again next week. Bye. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. 
For more info on the shows and the network, visit Podcast Network Asia's social media or visit www.podcastnetwork.asia. Also by Podmetrics. Track your podcast stats across multiple platforms to have a full view of your audience and clout. Sign up and create your account for free at podmetrics.co using our code TAWALETS. Thank you so, so much for joining me on another episode of Tawalets. Really, guys, I appreciate that you are listening to this. It's insane. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.